really hear how dry my uh, hands are when I snap. <laughs> it's unpleasant. Yeah? Yeah. What does a moist snap sound like? Well, not like this. Ugh, <laughs> I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Well. Wonderful. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) hi. It's DVD Deathmatch. Let's go. Let's go. Um... Yeah, we'll just jump right in. Any topics at the top? <laughs> I don't think I have any topics at the top. Do you have any topics at the top? Well, there was, you know, there was another Oscars this week. No, I don't know. Um, oh, God. <laughs> there uh, was the Grammys, which I didn't watch, but I was very excited to see um, that uh, Barlow and Bear won for the unofficial Bridgerton musical. Right. That was just a very cool thing that started on TikTok and somehow won a Grammy, and it's just very cool. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. It's interesting because, like, they don't own the rights to Bridgerton, right? I'm sure there's no. articles. I, I'm, like, fully ignorant of this. Yeah, I mean, I think they got, they must have gotten permission somewhere. I think it was one of those things where it was, like, it was such a juggernaut on TikTok and then following the, like, Ratatouille musical Sure, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, you know, whoever is in charge of that was like, sure, go right, ahead. Right. Um, because it, it like it's available on Spotify. So well, and it's smart of them, yeah. of, of Netflix or whoever it is, to say like, yes, please advertise for our thing. So for our on, show, yeah, exactly. exactly. Not that they need it. Like no, Bridgerton, but, heard of it? Um, no, but getting people to engage and talk about it on TikTok is like a huge win. I mean, Netflix puts out a lot of things that no one ever ever talks about <laughs> or has ever heard of again. True. No one's true, doing true. the Windfall musical. That's right. Windfall starring Jesse Plemons <laughs> and Lily Collins, a movie I watched. Is this a new thing where you try to bring up Jesse Plemons in every episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Try to. Stop me. <laughs> Succeed. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but and there, but there's been a lot of like, you know, when the the unofficial thing came out, it was very much like, guys, a Bridgerton musical is not happening. Like we we talked to them, like it is not happening. I am a little curious if that will change now that they've won a Grammy. Yeah, right. Um, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, we also watched. Uh, Death on the Nile. Oh, we which did hit the streamers this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what? Like- right. It's <laughs> it's so. And the thing that's that makes it extra confusing is that like I was excited to watch Murder on the Nile because uh, or Death on the Nile because I really like. Please some respect on its name. <laughs> because I remember watching Murder on the Orient Express and yeah. being like. 
I love this. Like it, I, yeah, and it I think it was and fun and right. And I feel like it was possibly an, one another like hot tub time machine where it's like I feel like if I went and watched hot tub time machine, it would be maybe fine, but not like great. But when we watched it the first time, I had such low expectations that at the time it was the funniest shit I'd ever seen, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I feel like it was maybe a little bit of that. But I bet you're the first person to compare. Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express to Hot Hot Tub Tub Time Time Machine. (laughs) I bet I am, too. Murder Um, in the Hot Tub Time Machine. Has anybody done this? Whoa. No. Whoa, that would be the title of our episode. (laughs) Right. Um, But, but yeah, so I think think there was a little bit of that going on where, where the expectations were so low. For murder on the Orient Express, that and it was fun and silly and mm-hmm. and Great a little, cast. little murder mystery, yeah, an amazing cast. So I was hoping and expecting that for this one, and uh, it wasn't great. Yeah, the- unfortunately, it stars Army Hammer, which is like <laughs> right off the bat. Right. <laughs> right. The thing with with it for me was just how bad it looked, like mm. in terms of uh, you know the point of the, I mean. The point of movies like that is to, you're like on location and you're looking at the cool locations. (laughs) Yeah. And it just looked like it was in front of a green screen the entire time. Yeah. uh, I don't know. It bummed me out, man. But there was that really funny video of like people in the theater. There's a line from the preview where Gal Gadot's character says, they get on a boat, and, and she's talking about all the accommodations, and she goes, and enough champagne to fill the Nile. And this video, she says it. There was, like, people in a movie theater watching it, and she says the line, and this guy, like, screams, like, yeah! <laughs> it was like the whole theater went crazy, because there was, like, because people were just excited, excited about that line? About how, like, campy and dumb it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was very it was funny. very funny. All right. You know what we did this week? What did we do this week? We watched two movies. Oh my god, you're right! We watched two movies! This week we watched uh, Get Over It from 2001 and American Wedding from 2003. It's been a while since we had a real turd fest. (laughs) I feel like we were doing solid movies for a while. Well, we disagree on that, but we'll get into it, won't we? Um, let's kick it off with Get Over It from 2001, directed by Tommy O'Haver. Our IMDb summary is, a high school senior's girlfriend breaks up with him. His friends try to make him think of something else. His friend's sister Kelly helps him with the school musical. Spending time with Kelly has an effect. What a terrible summary. Wow. Wow. That's a terrible summary. It doesn't talk at all about how it's loosely based on Midsummer, um, right. and uh, it's poorly written. So yeah. thumbs down to that. Right. This <laughs> is a 2001 high school comedy. Yes. And it looks and feels like it. Now, oh my god! Is this the first DVD you ever owned, or was it something no. else? What was the other one? The first DVD I ever owned was Drive Me Crazy, which is the We've movie that you can get over it. No, it's okay. You're it's right. Just funny. You're right. Drive <laughs> Me Crazy is not Get Over It. Drive Me Crazy is Melissa Joan Hart yes. and Entourage. Uh huh. Adrian Grenier. Entourage. Entourage. And Get Over It, the movie we're here to discuss, yeah. is Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Whatever happened to him? Kiki Dunst. Don't call her Kiki. <laughs> the disrespect. Kirsten Dunst. The disrespect. 
Uh, you're you're not gonna find a bigger Kirsten Dunst respecter than Mike Palasek, <laughs> right? I'm a huge fan. She's amazing. She is amazing. Um, and then I mean, it's a real cast in this weird high school comedy. You got, You've got Martin. Mila- oh, go ahead. Wow. Let's let's say our favorite people from the movie. <laughs> okay, three, two, one. Martin Short. Okay, three, two. One Cisco, Z- Zen- no, not Zendaya. What's her name? Zoe Saldana. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. There's a lot of people in this. Movie. Colin Hanks is in it. Carmen Colin Electra Hanks. is in it. Coolio is in it for cool- a second. Coolio is that is okay. We're gonna vitamin get in- C. <laughs> yeah, vitamin C and Ed Begley Jr. The yes. vitamin C of old men. Boomer improv comedy. Um. The let's start with Coolio. Coolio has a cameo. Is it though? Yeah. So they cut to, I forget the joke, but they cut to. So, oh, that's what it is. So okay, Ben Foster is a high school kid. His parents. This is not really explored except for like one gag. But his parents have a sex advice talk show. Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it is explored. I think the point is that his parents are. He keeps getting into these situations where you expect parents to be like, no, son, yeah. like, don't have sex, or no, you can't be alone with this girl. And instead, they're the creepy opposite, where they own a sex advice, own, they uh, they host a sex advice show. So when he gets caught throwing a party, they come in and, you know, say like, uh, like, do you guys need any extra alcohol? And she whips They've out a roll condoms, of condoms. Yeah. Like, it's just very, like... They're too uh, They're accommodating t- yes. and understanding. A parallel with our next movie, probably in a in a weird way. Mm, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so Ed Begley Jr. and Swoozy Kurtz Swoozy! have <laughs> have this. They we cut to their sex advice talk show. Mm-hmm. They're being ribbled with each other. And then ribbled with each other. What does that mean? Ribbled. It's like a like they're. It's like a saucy. It's usually... Oh, okay. Uh, anyway. Um, I've never heard that. Well, it's... Uh, look, vocab time on DVD <laughs> Deathmatch. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> um, the, and then they cut to Coolio, who's the guest on the, that episode. Yeah. But it is one shot mm-hmm. of Coolio. Yeah. Ed Begley Jr. and Susie Kurtz are not in that shot. It's a close-up of Coolio. Mm-hmm. Could He might not be... In the room. Yeah. He's certainly not, like, there with other actors. It's just it's just such a funny cameo. To, it, like, I laughed a lot. Yeah. Well, it's very stupid, but also you have to put yourself in 2001 and think about, like... Like, first of all, that feels like a definition of a cameo to me of just, like, literally nothing. You know what I mean? Like, someone playing themselves yeah. and not doing anything yeah, yeah, yeah. and not adding to the story in yeah. any way. It's literally, like... Oh, I have a guy who knows Coolio. Like, you can totally get a shot of him for this. That's exactly what it feels like. Um, And, like, 2001, again, the other stars in this film are Carmen Electra, Vitamin C, and Cisco. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So. I agree. (laughs) I agree. It was just very funny that, like you said, it's one shot of Coolio. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, Anyway, so Ben Foster is our lead. Yes. And it's, he... It starts with him breaking up with his 
uh, the love of his life, this girl. Yeah, it's like his childhood friend yeah. who moved away. She comes back. They start dating. And then she's like, I'm bored and I'm dumping you. And then it has a... An absolutely iconic opening <laughs> number. She so set. Let's set the scene. She breaks up with him. She's like, he's on his way out. She goes, here's oh, I packed up your stuff. Here's a box of your things. Which like they're in high school. How many things? Anyway, right, that's a great question. Um, but so then he like turns around and as he's leaving the house behind him, the garage opens and Vitamin C comes dancing out and sings, "Love, love will keep us together." Yeah. Think of me, baby, whatever. <laughs> Some sweet talking girl comes along. Sing <laughs> Anyway, um, and it's like a weird flash mob before flash mobs were a thing where like the postman joins them and then the garbage men right, join them. Right. And as he like walks down the street carrying this box of stuff and he's very sad and vitamin C is just dancing and singing behind him. And I think it's fucking incredible. <laughs> I think it's bold. I think it's a real uh, decision to make to open your yeah. weird movie this way yeah, yeah, yeah. in a very strange, like, breaking the fourth wall, this is a musical, but it's not a musical way. Right. I fucking love it so <laughs> much. I I like that part a lot, too. It's one uncut shot. Yeah. Um, it's, I thought, I, you know, I was going into this fully clean. I'd never seen this movie. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, is this like a jukebox musical? And it isn't. It it's isn't. just one this is just one sequence in it. I yeah. was I thought it I was I was hoping for more of that energy. Mm. Um, but I thought it was that was great. Yeah. Uh, really good fun choreography. Yeah, every time she sings stop, they all stop. Stop. <laughs> Cause I really love you. Stop. <laughs> I've been thinking of you. It's a great song. It's a very, you can't argue with the song. It's great. (laughs) Um, So, and then uh, he's in high school. He's sad. He has friends. Colin Hanks is his friend. Yeah. And Colin Hanks' little sister is Kirsten Dunst. Uh, He's, Ben Foster's pining after his ex while Kirsten Dunst is like around and cool. That's kind of the vibe. She's just like helping him with... Uh, his lines for the audition for the big play, which is Midsummer Night's Dream. Right. Also, we forgot to mention Shane West is in this film. Right. And uh, soon after uh, Ben Foster's girlfriend breaks up with him, she gets together with Shane West, who has been abroad for a little while. And so all the ladies are fawning over him because he was in a boy band. Right. Um, Called the Swingtown Lads, right? The Swingtown Lads. And he has come back with a very silly, dumb uh, British accent. Now, this was a weird thing where I, I mean, I've seen this movie before, obviously. Um, and there's a whole line when he first shows up because he's doing a terrible accent. It's awful. Like, it's bad. It's sometimes like Scottish and yeah. sometimes it's bad. Um, but there's a line where someone says, like, and what is that accent? Who does he think he is? Madonna or right, something like that. Right. Um, so it's clear to me that it's like a joke. Like he doesn't actually have an accent. He's just affecting this accent because he was away and he wants to be mysterious. And you were like, and you didn't get that. Yeah. I mean, I I heard that line. I don't know. There was something, it was like a weird, the, the joke of his bad accent 
kind of rode this weird line for me where I was like, is this intentional? Is it not? Even though you're right, there is that line that I guess means it's intentional. Right. It right. definitely means it's intentional. Also, I think, again, at the time in 2001, I feel like that was the time when Madonna all of a sudden adopted a British accent and everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, totally. So that felt like a big thing at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like probably... Like it was way more clear in 2001. Yeah, totally, totally. But um, I, there's so yeah. Oh, he's in this boy band, and they have a fake music video for their song "Love Scud." Love Scud. <laughs> Scud being a type of missile that was big in the uh, wars in the 90s. Um, in uh, and uh, that was very funny. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was funny. The songs are by Mark Shaman, I guess. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, it's like it's I mean the the opening musical number, a lot of the fourth wall breaking, weird kind of Martin Short has this running gag where they like cut to him and he's he literally has a thought bubble that comes out of his head and then yeah. he pictures weird like things fantasy that scenarios, fantasies that have happened. Yeah. All that stuff is very I mean, this is a movie from two thousand one, but all that stuff is very like late nineties. Oh yeah. Kind of like after Pulp Fiction, there was Go, and there was, mm-hmm. um, like, Run Lola Run, and, like, all these, it was, oh, we're, we're doing all, we're, we're remixing the movies, man, and we're, like, playing <laughs> with time, and we're, we're not afraid to break the fourth wall and do all this, like, stuff, and then there's also this, the, the aspect of it that's very, like, late 90s, early 2000s, where they, they, very early in the movie, they all just, like, go to a rave. Yeah. And it's not, it's very funny because it's not treated as, it's not like, oh, we're going to this old warehouse or something. Right. It's just like, yeah. That's we're just go, what a party yeah, We're just going to like the, the teen rave. That's right. what we do. That's what yeah. we all do. We get glow sticks and we go to the teen rave. Like, it's not, <laughs> but, it's very funny. Yeah. But to finish up the summary really quickly. Oh, sorry. So, no, no, don't be sorry. So, so she starts dating this Shane West guy who's a total douche and has a big accent. And but Ben Foster is determined to get her back. So when he finds out that the two of them are auditioning for the school play, he's going to audition for the school play. Yeah. Um, and Kirsten Dunst's character is already like involved in the school play. She writes music, so that's like her thing. She's yeah. the like theater girl, which is very funny. Right. Um. So she says, "Oh, I'll help you with it because." They're doing uh, Midsummer Night's Rockin' Eve, which right. is a musical version. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, I I love it so much. I love it. I love it. Great. Like, is it any wonder that I like this movie? Oh, it's a movie about uh, Shakespeare's comedy as a musical. Right. Like, yes, I'm in. Um, so, so, and then obviously through the process of... Kirsten Dunn's character helping him. They fall in love and he realizes that whatever, whatever, spoiler alert, yeah. whatever. Um, it's all very like, you know, it's not surprising the end. Right. right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. The biggest like drama in the movie is, uh Oh, Kirsten Dunst is in love with me. You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. Like uh, that's, and Ben Foster's totally fine in it. He's a very intense actor. Yeah. I mean, I know him mostly now from like, he was like hell or high water. Mm. Um, that, which is that Chris Pine. Oh yeah. He was great in that. And he's, he's like, a. but I I remember I, I like associate him now with just like a real brooding intensity. I think you can see some of that. Exactly. In this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's almost like 
uh, it's weird. It's it's. I I'm not saying this would have made the movie better. I think it's mm-hmm. like uh, it would have made the movie. It would have been a more safer and maybe more boring choice to make Colin Hanks the lead. Mm. And Ben Foster, the like intense kind of like broy friend. Sure, sure. But uh, look, I, if I had a time machine, <laughs> is that the one thing I'd change? No, probably. I'd, I'd do other things. <laughs> it's two thousand one. There were other things happening then that I could have maybe interfered with. No, um. no. Um, listen, I fucking love this movie. Great. I love it. I like, I think it's so dumb. I think it's so funny. I think that it suffers from the 2001 of it all. But at the same time, like, I just think about uh, the problem with it is that it's like you, it either needs to be dialed slightly down. Yeah. So we're in like, but I'm a cheerleader territory. Okay. So a little bit more like culty, way more low budge. Because this, it feels like, again, it had a lot of money behind it. Mm, Just given you've got, I mean, well, and here's the funny thing. I mean, you've got the Coolio cameo. You've got Vitamin C, who was legitimately big. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kirsten Dunst. That graduation song. Right. Kirsten Dunst was pretty big at that point. Um, What's funny about Cisco being in it is that Thong Song didn't happen until after this. Yeah. So it was just like, and here's Cisco, <laughs> who no one cares about. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it feels like there's a fair amount of money thrown thrown at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it either needs to be dialed down and be a little bit more like low budge, yeah, campy, what have you, or just like flash forward into the future so that we can have a little bit of a better grasp on like like the weird thought bubble or the weird like musical number in the beginning like have a little bit more time with like okay well how are we gonna make that flow in the the thing better do you know what I mean yeah but all of that being said I love it I think like like I'm literally like, can we remake this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that like the performances are silly and fun. Yeah. Um, there's a lot like Martin Short is like off the rails. Martin Short is so funny in this. It's I, like so funny. I haven't laughed at Martin Short like right. that in a ever. Long- <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Martin Short. I grew up with like Three Amigos as a movie that was just on oh, yeah. in our house all the time. Yeah. And so I love him, but like he is. So funny in this. He's got a real Melissa McCarthy about him where mm-hmm. it was like, here's the here's the basic premise. Go. Yeah. And he just he's so funny. The one the, I mean, I'm not these are not gonna be funny when I relate them. <laughs> right. Because it's all in how is in his manic energy, but like yeah. the one part where Kirsten Dunn sings her song <sighs> and he just like runs over to her and go, and tells her it says, It's not good. Like it's not good. It's so funny. <laughs> There's something I can't remember. Oh, it's like Ben Foster shows up to practice in his gym clothes or something like that. Uh-huh. And what does he say? He just says, like, what a super instinct. Yeah. That's what it, and it really, like, got me. So many good laughs from Martin Short in this. Yeah. I think there's also something to it, like, as someone who is a theater kid, like, it feels very, like, like the stage manager girl who follows him around and it's just, like, oh, yeah. taking care of everything. She's great. She's yeah. great. Um, the, just the thing of, of Kirsten Dunst, like being so excited that she got a lead and 
Mila Kunis being there and being just like wanting to showboat and like waving at people during the show. Like it all just feels very like, oh yeah, high school theater. You've got the like tech kids who are like pyromaniacs and like, it's just like very, it just felt very like, oh, this is someone who spent a little bit time of spent a little bit of time in high school theater. And it's not like a perfect portrayal, but it's like, it's not like, it's not like Glee, where I'm just like, nah. hey, Ryan Murphy, have you ever participated in a show choir Right, before? yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it has Or that. been to high school? This is not what high school is. Yeah. Um, uh, it has that. It has, like, an energy to it. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'll say. Like, so I, I didn't love this, obviously. Uh, clearly. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but I, I do I, – it's not like I hated it. Mm. Like, and I did – respect kind of how much shit they were throwing at the wall yeah and how they were trying things and Mm -hmm. how it was fun yeah and kirsten dunst i think i really do like love her i think she's great yeah i think she's like oh i mean kirsten dunst what are you gonna say (laughs) like i'm not breaking any news here on dvd deathmatch that kirsten dunst is great yeah (laughs) um but she's incredible in it and like i don't know i i you know i don't I didn't hate this movie or yeah. anything like that. I just, I, I see what you're saying though about it kind of being in this like middle zone of like, what are we? Yeah. It's like with the, with the musical sequence in the beginning, which I agree is great yeah. and so fun to watch. And then you're like, wait, is this, what is the movie? Is this a musical though? Right. And it's not. But then I mean, there are other music- musical numbers. Right. right. There are other yeah. musical numbers, but they're in the show. Right. Kind of. I don't know. It's very, uh, it's a weird one. It is. But I also, and the thing I also kind of love about it, though, is that, so they're in, in oh God, in the movie, they're doing Midsummer. The movie is also based on Midsummer. You've got the two boys, you've got the two women, and then you've also got this weird secondary play that's happening within that storyline. Mm-hmm. So it, the movie itself is based off of Midsummer, and then the secondary play that they're doing in the Midsummer movie right. is Midsummer. Right. And it's just, it's very like, like I feel like there's space here to be like, oh wow, they really like modernized Shakespeare. Yeah. And that's why it feels kind of kooky and weird because like, Totally all over the place. Right. If you modernize, like, I mean, Midsummer's a wonderful comedy, but, like, Shakespeare in general, like, if you try to modernize that shit, it's weird. Right. It doesn't. (laughs) I mean, we've been watching a lot of Shakespeare this week in very abbreviated form. Yeah. Because, so this is a a tangent, but um, our daughter, our nine-year-old, has this book that we got in London that is... Yeah, it's it's a great book. It's yeah. like all the Shakespeare plays, kind of like in prose form, mm-hmm. shortened with these cool illustrations and stuff. It's for kids, and it's, yeah. And she like loves that book. Has been tearing through it for years. She, the binding has fallen off. Yeah. Um. And uh. So I remembered this show that I used to watch as a kid, Shakespeare: The Animated Tales, which was on HBO, which was half hour versions of Shakespeare plays all animated mm-hmm. and in each one animated in a completely different style. Mm-hmm. Some of them are stop motion. Some of them are puppets. Yeah. A lot of, you know, and they're just like, everyone is different and that show's not available anywhere. You can't buy it. So I 
found like a set on eBay and bought it because mm-hmm. um, I was just like, oh, this will be a great thing to watch together. So we've been watching them. Yeah. And you're, I mean, this is all just a way of saying you're right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it's been crazy to watch. Uh, we watched Othello tonight yeah. with, and she loves it. She's so excited whenever there's blood, <laughs> whenever there's murder and blood. These, her favorite one is Macbeth. Um, but yeah, you translate those, you try, you try to explain them to a nine year old and like why, oh, okay. So he's this and that at, at the time you couldn't be this and that, you know, that right. kind of thing. It's yeah. very, um, interesting, but that, yeah, that's, I had not considered that this is a, that the movie is Midsummer, Right. Exactly. It's, it's doing a 10 things I hate about you thing. Yes. With. Midsummer Night's Dream and trying to be, I mean, I guess it, was it a response to 10 Things I Hate About You? Like, oh, that was a hit. Let's do another Shakespeare play as a high school comedy. Oh, potentially. When did 10 Things come out? Look, I don't know. And there's no way to find out. Okay. So, well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, potentially. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that that was like a big, that was a big 90s thing too. I mean, Romeo and Juliet, Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio. I haven't huge, heard of it, but I'm sure. Okay. Um, um, I'm sure but, you're right. But yeah, but I just, and I just think it's so fun to take, um, to take this comedy because it's, you know, I mean, 10 Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew, which is also technically a comedy, but it's right. a little, whatever. Anyway, the point is. And Othello is that movie. Oh, oh exactly. Sorry, I'll cut you off. No, no, it's okay. It's just the point is Midsummer is, I think, in my opinion, the like one of the most insane, like most fun comedies. I'm making a real bold statement there, but sure. Um, but uh, and and so to kind of translate that into like. 90s 2000s culture is very fun and I think they actually did an amazing job uh with it and and in a way where you where you almost don't really realize it but then if you think about it for a second it's like oh yeah this is literally just midsummer well I had no idea you felt so passionately (laughs) I I truly do I love it I love it I yeah um so some fun facts, please. One, there's a scene in the beginning where they're at the rave, and this is when you find out that Kelly, the Kirsten Dunst character, is the Colin Hanks character's little sister. Right, is like she's dancing with a guy, and he walks up and he literally says, "Hey, hands off the sister," which is gross, and that's his whole shtick. The entire movie is like. This is my little sister. We recorded Leave her that. Alone. Hands off the sister. Hands off the sister. It's very stupid. But um, so she and she's like, and, you know, like, oh, I'm what, like a year younger than you? Not even like calm down. Yeah. And then she says to her friend, come on. I, there's a guy over there who will pierce our navels for oh, free. Right. Yeah. And if you look at it, it's been dubbed. And what she actually says is pierce our nipples for free, which is funnier. And I have a feeling that there was like a ratings change definitely, there. Definitely. Um, very weird. Can't say nipples. Can't say nipples. <laughs> like what? Also like, and I'm also just thinking about that today where it's like, yeah, they would definitely just say nipples. Right. <laughs> well, they, they're not allowed to say nipples on euphoria. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and what else? What else? Oh, there's a scene. So when um, uh, when the Shane West character is kind of seducing the ex-girlfriend of the Ben Foster character, um, 
he like pulls her out on the dance floor and they do like a cha-cha. It's very weird. But um, he does this thing where he like goes down and to the beat of the music, grabs her hips and goes like, and like pulls her hips back and forth. Boom, boom. And then spins her. And that dance move is like burned in my memory for some reason. Okay. Like, like they started dancing. I was like, oh, this is the hip shake. And I hadn't like thought about it in forever, but it's just like so it's like well, very stupid like choreography. But I was just like, I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> and it's why is that burned in your brain? I don't know, but it truly is. Um, oh, and then the other thing I wrote down was, oh, my God, these costumes and this makeup again. It's this it's similar to the clueless thing. Where it was like, oh, the the costume budget must have been insane. And it's like, no, that's just what clothes looked like. Yeah. And I feel like the same thing is happening here where this is so nauseatingly early 2000s <laughs> costumes and makeup. Like we're talking baby blue eyeshadow of yep. Yogo yep. Um, and like weird little corkscrew curls. Oh, and yeah. just like it's so <laughs> funny and just and it's just so funny to watch and be like. This is like a movie. Again, I'm assuming with some money behind it. And they were like, these kids look so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, they look so 2000s. It's incredible. That's funny. I love it. I I liked the sequence. So there's one long sequence with a... um, like a hot girl from New Zealand. That's the joke. Oh, yeah. But she's very hot, but very clumsy. Yeah, like setting things on fire accident Yeah, prone. like she's like Mr. Bean. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a very funny, I think it's, it's a very inventive sequence and it's fun. Yeah. And it has, you know, there's like a stuff at a hibachi grill that goes wrong. Yeah. A real final destination moment there. <laughs> and um, I thought that was, I really liked that a lot. And, you know, any sequence that ends with someone standing in the middle of a restaurant that's on fire and saying, check, please. Check, please. I lost it. It was so stupid. Unbelievably (laughs) stupid. But you don't see check, please enough in a movie. No, you really don't. Just like at the end, you know, at the end of a a horrific battle scene or something. (laughs) Um, I'm just going over the last of my notes here. And yeah, what a movie. <laughs> um, the disc looks fine. It feels very 2000s. It's got some extras on it, including there's a gag reel, but it's only Martin Short. <laughs> yeah, and it's like and it's 10 not, minutes long. Right. It's so long and it's not actually a gag reel, although there are a couple of like other actors breaking when he says something off the wall. Right. But it's um, ve- the Melissa McCarthy thing is really smart. It's very much like that. Yeah. How we've and we've talked about it, like those things where they're just like Go everything that this person says is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but out of context, just like dumped as footage, it doesn't really doesn't like, work translate. As, I'm sure as well. it was a very fun day on set. That person seems insanely talented, a comedy genius. Yeah, but but, but yeah. Um, and there were some other extras, but I don't remember what they were. I don't understand why that girl's wearing a big red shirt in that sequence. She's and- literally wearing a big red shirt so that he can sing the big red. So when Ben <laughs> so when Ben Foster's character goes to audition, he has prepped with the Kirsten Dunn's character, but he's prepped a monologue. So he gets up, 
to do a monologue. And Martin Short's like, no, 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 we sing first. And that's a very funny little sequence that happens. But, um, and he's like, okay, so just sing anything. And he's like, yeah, anything, literally anything. And he looks out into the audience. There's a high schooler who's wearing a shirt that says Big Red, the Big Red Gum. And so he starts seeing the Big Red commercial, which again is a very... Late 90s, yeah. early 2000s thing. Like, that's why. That's literally why. Is because right. everyone was walking around saying, that big red freshness cuts are to it. Your fresh breath goes on and on. While, While you, you chew it. chew it, say goodbye <laughs> a little longer. Make it last a little longer. Give your breath long-lasting freshness with big red. Well, it's... This episode is sponsored by Big Red. <laughs> Just kidding. Much like... I mean, it's the second movie in the Kirsten Dunstiverse where Big Red plays a, a role. Because that is literally an IMDb trivia fact. <laughs> well, call me Mr. IMDb then. I will. Um, and I do. And, yeah, so I'm the one who writes all the deranged IMDb <laughs> trivia facts. It's like, Kirsten Dunst appears in this. She also appears in Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's like, was this piece of trivia helpful to you? No. Um... <laughs> But why wouldn't you just have that person eating some big red gum, like instead of? Because like, then like they, you'd have they, to do a weird close up on like they, of her unwrapping a big red gum packet. No. Also, everyone knows that you're not allowed to chew gum in school, Michael. Okay, but M- Michael. <laughs> um. All right. Well, look, we're not going to get to the bottom of this today. No, I think we got to the bottom. We're at the bottom. No, we got there. We're looking up. What's next? Is, <laughs> Is it, it available? available? You know what? You can watch it on Showtime. Oh my god! And stream. please do. It's so fun. Yeah, please it's get really Showtime. Fun. We're huge Showtime fans here. <laughs> Love Showtime. Can't get enough of them. Anyway. Oh boy. No, but I I love this movie. It's so much fun. Yellow Jackets is great on Showtime. What? <laughs> what else is good? Oh my god. Um. No, it's uh, unfortunately there is actually a lot of good stuff on Showtime right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> watch Get Over It. It's super fun. Get over it. Get over it. Hey, uh, question for you. Let's go. Um, what's the connection? Hey, what's the connection? Yeah. That's the question. That's the question. Both movies feature badly drawn boy. They do on the soundtrack. There's the. Yeah, exactly. That song, which is a beautiful song called The Shining from his first album, Hour of the Bewildered Beast. Yes, I went to college in the early 2000s, so I know these things. Um, That song, two bars of that, are over and over repeated in Get Over It. And then... um, American Wedding has another song in it that I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's, but also Get Over It features Ed Begley Jr. It does. And American Wedding features Eugene Levy and Fred Willard. Yeah. So I mean, there we are. You've so got take your pick. You've got Best in Show, Mighty Wind, for your consideration, the Netflix film Mascots, which I never saw. Mm-mm, but <laughs> um, uh, but. So, yeah, that's the connection, is that both movies have these, like, comedy stalwarts in them mm-hmm. to try to lend them, lend the young people some 
credibility comedy wise. <laughs> what? Wow, that's a, that's a that's a uh, assumption. Well, I mean, just they put some old comedy people in there, older. Mm-hmm. That's all. Mm-hmm. Our next movie. Oof, but you know what? Never mind. It's fine. We don't have to talk about this. Movie. <laughs> it's fine. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, well, we know where this is going. We know where this is going. Our next movie is American Wedding from 2003, directed by Jesse Dillon. It's the third in the American Pie quadrilogy, which goes American Pie, American Pie 2, American Wedding, and American Reunion. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time remembering as we, like, I was like, oh, this is the last one. This one came out like 10 years after. No, this one came out like Four years after the first one, like mm-hmm. very quickly. Anyway, yeah. IMDb summary is, it's the wedding of Jim and Michelle, <laughs> our favorite characters. <laughs> they did, Sorry, IMDb didn't say that. I said that. Yeah. And the gathering of their families and friends, including Jim's old friends from high school and Michelle's little sister. Is that a sentence fragment? Is that, does that mean? It's the wedding. No, it, it's, it's fine. Okay. Great. Um, it's the third American Pie movie. Now, if we had picked the first American Pie movie, uh-huh. I feel like there would have been some like nostalgia factor there. For sure. You'd be like, okay, 1999, this comes out. What a huge moment. We were in high school at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it really was a weird thing. But you know what? We're not ta- We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about American Wedding. American Wedding. Um, uh, spoiler alert. It's bad. <laughs> Why do we own it? We own it because I am also a completist and because Allison Hannigan. That's right. That was your answer for date movie also. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, like, yes, that is the answer. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, so it's weird to watch this one. Like, it's not like we went back and watched the others to get. We did not. No. I think this is probably the worst one. I mean, there's... Yeah. Because I think American Reunion, if I remember, I don't really remember. I don't remember But I think it's like, okay, it's 10 years later or whatever it is. Like, let's figure it out. American Pie 2, it's like, of course. I remember weirdly liking American Pie 2. Right. But American Wedding is a mess. It's a mess. It's like, oh, God, it's... Barely a movie. Okay. It's so soon after the first one, too. It's so soon. Okay. Let's kick it right off the bat. You know, uh, here I am saying I own this movie because of Alison Hannigan. I cannot stand the voice that she's doing in this movie. Right. I hate it so much. It makes me want to unalive myself. (laughs) Like, it's just so cringy every time she talks. She's doing... Like, you know the part in the first movie where she's like, this one time at band camp, and she's like doing a thing with her voice, but it's palatable because this is like a side character right? Um, that you don't spend a whole lot of time with, and it's funny right. when she does like a few lines, but picture that for an entire film, right. <laughs> and it's not good. But then also, there's this awful thing where it's like, it's called American Wedding. It's about their wedding. And she is such a, like, afterthought character. We meet her parents but and her sister, but we don't learn anything more about her. Right. At all. Like, her character is literally still just the girl who stuck a flute in her p- at band camp. Right. And it's like, well, 
Okay. But then she has a she has a scene early on. Yes, that's all true, but I still want a traditional wedding because we're in a movie and I we need to right. have this like f- uh, proper wedding setup so that all the crazy stuff that happens feels comedic. Or right. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say every character feels like an afterthought except for Stifler, who oh is Sean William Scott's character from the first one. Kind of, I guess, the breakout character from that one is the, just because he was like a rude dude who like <laughs> says curse words <laughs> and wants to fuck dude. everything. Like that's... And here's the thing. Hear me out. I will hear you out. Hear me out. I'm hearing you. This movie is terrible. Stifler did make me laugh several times. Okay. Several times. Okay. Like, actually, for real laugh. All right. And it's like, he's, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's very stupid. That it's just, and like, he just, he's balls to the walls with like his face and the dumb shit he's saying. Yeah, I mean, Sean William Scott is fucking going for it. Yeah. And, like, it's not, I don't blame him. No. And He's, I almost feel like, I almost want to give him the respect of, like, he knows. Maybe. And he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Great. I don't know. There's a couple laughs on the gag reel, which we'll get to, that I'm like, oh, oh they oh, think no. this is hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you're right. Um, But but he's, a, I mean, he's a funny performer, and, like, there's a reason that character was such a breakout in the first one. Yeah. But you, you just, you always... I don't know if this is true. I haven't thought about this that hard. It does seem like you fuck up when you try to make the like breakout side character from your first movie the main character. Yeah. And they don't even really explicitly try that in this one, but it's no. just the way the movie winds up, it winds up being about him and about his involvement in the wedding. Right. Like And they are they're also trying to like give him like redeeming qualities, which like the whole point is that these people are like caricatures. And this, honestly, this is the biggest problem, I think, with with this film. She's holding her temples. I'm holding my temples. The biggest problem is that you're just making the same movie as the first one, but they're no longer stupid teenage boys who just want to fuck. Right. They're adults now. Right. So it doesn't work. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like... The thing about the first movie, I'm sure the first movie is not good. <laughs> I haven't watched it in a very long time. I bet it's. I bet it's. But good. but exactly like as you were saying, I feel like it would feel really nostalgic. Yeah, it's definitely problematic. Sure, but it's the thing that I loved about it as a teenager was just see, watching these boys lose their shit because they wanted to have sex so badly. Right, and that feels like a very high school thing. It feels like a very like teen boy thing when you're an adult and you're still doing that shit it's not funny or endearing or yeah like you know there's there's stuff there's stuff with the the first movie where it's like oh i genuinely feel bad for you like oh my god um and none of that is true once they've gone through college and graduated like it doesn't work it doesn't no that's a great point like when the whole thing of the first movie is that you don't, you're so fucking horny as a teenager. You have right. so much sexual energy, 
and you have to put it in this pie because that's the only thing that's around. Right. That's like the whole joke of the first movie. Yeah. And the whole ethos of the whole thing and exactly what you're saying. Right. Like, and it's not once that you you're can't an adult, it's like, continue to be buddy. horny, but no, of course you not. hopefully have learned some things. Right. <laughs> so. well, and, the, and it's also like, I mean, there's something interesting there to explore with like, you're getting married. Right. So theoretically you have, you're going to have sex, not like, I don't know how to say this, but like, you don't have to go looking for sex anymore. You know who you're going to have sex with. Right. And then and there's then, also, the, but sorry. then, but no, but then there's like lots of, and I'm not expecting American wedding to tackle this, but then there's lots of nuanced issues within that, mm-hmm. that you can have a lot of fun with. Right. If you're well, a better movie. Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing though, is that they do try to tackle it where you've got Jim's dad making the joke of like, well, now we're married and we have sex like once a month. And it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, well, but what are you saying right now? Right. Like, it's just, it's it's so stupid. But it should have been, I mean, it seems like if you want to, it seems like Stifler should have remained aside. Look, let's rewrite this movie right okay, now. Okay, great. Let's do it. <laughs> um, and you have Jim, you know, nervous about what this means or, or what's Allison? Ha- M- Michelle. Michelle. Her character, who also loves, like, crazy sex and right. whatever. Like, nervous about what this means for the rest of their lives, getting cold feet. Like, right. Does this change things? Right. It's very not easy, but it's very, it's, there's interesting stuff there to mine. And what they've decided on as the premise for the movie is will Stifler ruin the wedding by being, uh, by saying like, fuck too much. Right. You know what I mean? Like in front of the grandma. Yeah. Um, uh, also, it's weird. This I don't. I, not really missed because I didn't remember this. But Chris mm-hmm. Klein is not in this movie. Ne- neither is uh, Mina Savari. Yeah, and Tara Reid. Tara Reid is, not, is not. Although she was a whole mess in two thousand three. I think was she? I don't know. I and feel then, like that was when she fell apart. A oh, bit. gotcha, gotcha. Um, but you do, you know, you do have the late great Fred Willard and Deborah Rush, who play who plays Michelle's mom. Mm-hmm. It. We were talking about her before because she's in the Good Girl. Good Girl, yeah, yeah. she's great. Yeah. Um, also, Stifler, like, so as we were saying, Sean William Scott does his best, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's like by making that character central, like he's he's fully deranged. In this oh movie. yeah. Like he's he when he shows up, it's like he's just got so many like weird affectations, and mm-hmm. he's like, uh, it. it it almost plays like he's had a mental breakdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but they don't actually want to say that or explore anything like that, but it's, he's so amped up to 11. Right. That it's insane. Right. Well, and again, there's, there's potentially something to explore there where you've got, um, Jim's getting married. They've all graduated college. They're all growing up and Stifler is like coaching the high school football team. Right. And has not changed at all. So there's even something that you can explore there. Yeah, that they seem to want, almost want to, but right. then they don't. It's like they think they did, but they yeah. didn't. Yeah. It, and where it's like, oh, well, what does this mean? What does what does this mean for Stifler? Because, yeah. you know, when your friends start getting married, that's another trope that, like, fun is over. Right. Not just for the person getting married, but for the friend group. Right. And they don't – and especially a movie that was so wrapped up in this group of ride-or-die boys. Right. Um, right. We don't have that almost at all here. Yeah. 
And yeah. a lot of that is because you're missing Chris Klein and you're missing, right. like, you know, core members of this group. Right. But, but they could have just said, like, hey, he's uh, in London or whatever. Right. <laughs> they did with they Samantha. Like, yeah, they, like, don't even address it. Right. They don't say his name at all. In the gag reel. In the gag reel, there's some there's weird joke. weird joke about it that's like, oh, God, in the gag reel. <laughs> um, a couple sequences to highlight. Mm. Oh, God. Well, there's, there's – so there's some big set pieces. The first one is – they, this is, like, so sweaty just in terms of how they get there. Mm-hmm. But they're trying to get Michelle's dress. She has a dressmaker that she really wants. Yeah. And so they go into Chicago <laughs> to find the dressmaker, and they don't find them, but then they wind up at a gay bar. Yeah. And it is so... Like the 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 short version of the sequence is that like Stifler's real Stifler realizes he's in a gay bar, gets fully grossed out, uh, is like wants to leave. They figure out that like they need to win over these gay people to find out where this dressmaker is. Right. So then Stifler wins them over with his dancing. Yeah, does like a dance off with this guy, and the thing is that it's it's not as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I feel like it's not good at all. I'm not defending it. But there is, I can see a world in which, because, okay, so Stifler doesn't doesn't realize he's in a gay bar, is talking to a girl, and she's like, oh, this, I think, Leslie, my friend Leslie is just your type. I'm going to go find him. Or I'm going to go find my friend Leslie. Yeah. And then shows up and Leslie is a man, like a right. big like bear, essentially. Right. His name is Bear. Um, and, and when they realize that Stifler doesn't know that it's a gay bar, they're like, oh, please look around you. And then that he realizes, and there's a, there's a scene where like, basically they're like, I mean, he calls him a breeder and he's like, get out of here. Right. So there, it's not, it's not necessarily Stifler in that moment. Being like, ew, fuck you, like, do 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 you know, whatever. It's very much the crowd going like, no, no, you're out of place. Yeah. Please get out of our bar. You clearly right. don't want to be here. So that feels almost empowering. Right. But then there's this weird thing where they have a dance-off. Right. And that can feel, I think, a little bit, um, I know there's like a lot, or there used to be a lot of talk about straight people coming into queer spaces and kind of like, like I'm thinking of like bachelorette parties purposefully going to the gay bar, right? whatever. And there's a lot to unpack there and we don't need to unpack it right now, but it did feel a little bit like that where it's like, okay, so this straight guy comes in and like has a dance off and then they're like, oh, you're okay. You can stay or whatever. Right. Um, so that felt a little bit like not great. Yeah. But in the, in, so in the big picture, it's like, you know, not as bad as it could be essentially right. is what I'm saying. And again, I'm not defending it, but I was really bracing. Like when I remembered that there was a whole scene in a gay bar, I was like, oh, Right, <laughs> right. That's how I felt. Like the the scene started, and I was like, "Oh God, damn, this is gonna suck." Yeah. And then it did suck. But you could feel the hand of someone behind the scenes going like, "Okay, we have to make this like 
progressive in that mm-hmm. it turns into them kicking him out because he they he's being rude to them and and bigoted or whatever right and then he wins them over and then they're all together in the end and it's still it still is pretty gross and still is pretty right like, like stereotypical right and... lots of stereotypes lots of like it still is like the way that stifler wins over a bunch of gay people it's just like yeah gross um, well, and it's not like true to his character in any way. Like no. this, this asshole kid who grew up in Michigan and didn't leave, right, is not going to be like okay ever, right, and is definitely going to use the f word and you know what I mean, right? And just like when the dancing isn't that good, <laughs> they 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 <laughs> say like, they, say like uh, the, they do this whole sequence where he and Bear dance with each other, and, yeah, and dance off or whatever, and it's like. This choreo sucks, man. Um, <laughs> listen, it's no hip shake, okay? Right, the hip, the, the classic <laughs> hip shake. The other sequence, and I would say the sequence that maybe works the best in the movie. I'm not saying it's like a classic comedic sequence mm-hmm. or anything, but is the sequence where uh, Jim brings his future in-laws to his house. Yeah, and. Uh, it's at the same time that Stifler and the friends were going to have a bachelor party for him there. <laughs> so they have strippers. They have these two strippers and and this guy Bear there. Right. Like the, 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 the gay bar scene ends with Bear saying, I manage these two girls. Right. Whatever. If you need help with your bachelor party, which is just like manage. Right. Yeah. Whatever. Two so, girls. Right. Okay. So that scene is like a classic just like. Oh, we have to impress the in-laws, but then strippers are hiding out in the house, and like, let's you know try to keep them away from. It's so rookie of the year is tied up in the closet, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's such classic. Like, we've got these stuffed shirts in the house, and then this guy, you know, these yeah. these like sex workers are here. It's like very. Um, it's the one part of the movie that feels. Uh, directed like with intention like it's not good yeah but it's directed well yeah it's put together well and it's not incoherent and you know what's going on shot to shot yeah and scene to scene and and like everyone's intent is clear Mm -hmm. and the problem is clear yeah it's like a very clear case of that like oh they're in this room and they just miss each other and oh uh, Bear walks in in his assless chaps, and right, so they're like, the- "Oh, this is the sommelier that I've hired for the evening." And he, for some reason, does a British accent, right? And but that has guy's to, very like, funny, by ha- the way. Yeah, it has to like skirt around so they don't see his ass hanging out, right? And it's just like that part is funny, but it you know, in the middle of this shitstorm, it's hard to like right. feel good about it I at wrote, all. <laughs> I wrote down this is the one sequence that like remotely works, kind of. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, there's not that much to like. Look, no one gives a shit about this movie. No, no one's watching it. It's, it's not. It's not good, and they shouldn't watch it. I my my biggest note was they barely made a movie. Each scene is like two seconds long. Yeah, like no, it's like vignettes. Like it's not even like they just didn't. Ah, uh. I fully agree. It's like <laughs> it's well, not and good. It, it just feels so disjointed yeah. and you don't know and I, and it wasn't until very late in the movie where I was like oh this is like the Stifler movie yeah I didn't realize that right. I just well, felt like, like no one was getting 
right. It's the like full treatment. Yeah, it's like they sat down, like, okay, we got to write this third movie, and they did the thing with the index cards on the bulletin board, where it was like, okay, what are the jokes? Okay, he gets blown under the table at a fancy restaurant, and it messes up the engagement. They accidentally go to a gay bar. The bachelor party is weird. Right. Um, Stifler the, eats shit. Stifler <laughs> eats actual shit. Um, the the. Stifler gets cake on his crotch and then it looks like he's humping the dog while Jim tries to like help him. So it looks like they're having a foursome with these two dogs. And then they just like went like, yes, and made a movie and <laughs> yeah. didn't string it together at all. They just had a pile of index cards. Yeah, exactly. Very dumb. So in conclusion, we loved it. <laughs> um, wait, oh, my, my one personal fun fact is Shockingly, I'm pretty sure this is the first time I ever heard the Bangkok joke. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is the thing that boys do where they walk up to each other and say, hey, what's the capital of Thailand? Yeah. Bangkok. And then they hit each other in the penis. Yeah. And I was, and it that happened. And I was like, oh, yeah, I distinctly remember this being the first time I'd ever heard that. Yeah. I distinctly remember the first American Pie movie being the first time I heard MILF. Oh, yeah, is it for an sure. an invention of that movie? I bet it's, it is. It possibly. Like, it feels like that's giving it way too much credit, but it very potentially is. I feel like it is. Certainly, like, when you think of MILF, you think of, what's her name? Stifler's mom. Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, like, I mean, that's that's a real legacy because... I mean... It's... You everyone know. knows what a MILF is. Right. Everyone knows what a MILF is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's a real legacy. It's a real legacy. It's Great. available on Peacock. That's where you can watch. Because of course it is. American um, Wedding. Um, great. I mean, I think it's no surprise what we're getting rid of this week. What if I put up a big fight? That would be weird. Okay. That'd we're getting weird. rid of American Wedding. <laughs> um, I didn't re- I I'm like happy to keep Get Over It. I didn't realize I, that you... No, we're keeping Get Over It. It's iconic. Yeah, exactly. I'm agreeing. Great. Um, <laughs> cool. Great. American Wedding. Goodbye. Great. Um, should we pick this next uh, matchup? We must. Let's do it. Also, happy episode 75 to you. This is our 75th hey, episode. 75th. Isn't that? No. I'm thinking Sesquicentennial, which is like 150. I don't know what 75 is. I don't know what 75 is either. No way to find out. Well, oh well. Happy 75. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 886. 886 is... <gasps> as discussed on this episode. Mm-hmm. From 2001. Oh. Oh, snap! That's exciting. Directed by Tim Blake Nelson, starring Mackay Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, Julia Stiles, and Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett, yeah, right? baby. Let's oh, that's exciting. Go. I remember loving that movie. Another Shakespeare. Another 90s Shakespeare. Well, 2000. A rough one, if I remember. Well, I mean. I mean, it's Othello. Based on Othello. It's, it's a rough, not a that's a rough one. comedy. No. Great. Great. All right. Let's see what's going up against it. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 943. 943 is... 
from 2006. The Prestige. <gasps> Fuck yeah, let's go, baby! <laughs> oh, man! That is a great movie! <laughs> Don't show your cards. Well... Prestige style. Presti- <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Right. I'm hype for the Prestige, baby. Hype. Great. Wow. Oh, and the Prestige, I have a feeling... This next episode is going to be a real heartbreaker. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, I think I like both those movies. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen O since we saw it in the theater. Oh, I've definitely seen it since we saw it in the theater. Yeah. I, I like... I think it's possible that I had O on VHS before I then bought it on DVD. Wow. I'll be very interested to watch that movie again. The yeah. Prestige we've seen a couple of times. I've seen a thousand like, yeah, times. Yeah, I'm like a big fan. But uh, <laughs> oh, I don't. I'd be very interested to watch that again. Yeah. All Great. right. Hey, listen. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta. We got the Twitter. We got the Gmail. We got the Horror Web. And I hope that you watch some adapted Shakespeare. Get back in touch with Shakespeare. Honestly, it doesn't have to be adapted. It can be the classic stuff. But I love Shakespeare. And uh, if you feel like you don't love Shakespeare, you should give it another go. Because it's fun stuff. It really is. Listen. Hear me out. Come back next week. (laughs) And see who survives. DVD? Deathmatch. A moist snap. We love a moist snap. (laughs) (laughs) I give this movie two moist snaps. (laughs) Hey, cheers. Oh. <laughs> that was a weird sound. Oh. Didn't burn my tongue. Love that. We love it. We love it. We got moist snaps. We got a cold tongue. <laughs> we got a weird cheers. <laughs> <laughs>